We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Will Levy, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. The year has started. We're all racing. Who's racing? Who feels like the year's racing? Yeah, yeah. I pray that, I pray that you are blessed in your Sabbath. Amen. I pray you're blessed in your Sabbath. Who 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 guards their Sabbath? I, I, you should all have your hand up right now. You, who? What is the Sabbath? It's a day of waiting on the Lord. It's a day of resting in Jesus. It's a day of being refreshed in Him. And uh, if it's one of the top ten, who believes that we should uh, exercise it in our life? Amen. Uh, so you know, I'm not all about just doing nothing. But I all am all about waiting and being refreshed in the Lord. He's given us six days to do everything that we need through the week. And on the, on the seventh day, let's make sure we regularly rest in the Lord. Amen? That's right. Your, your boss has said that you can do it during work time. I was very quiet then. No, he probably hasn't. But, you know, you know that you can rest in the Lord in your work. You can rest in the Lord in anything. Because all you need to do is just take a moment and say, the Holy Spirit, come and speak to me. Come and refresh me right now. I, I like it. I like, it's, like a, it's like a can of V. Drink a can of V and like five minutes later, you're all pumped up. There's nothing like going for a five-minute prayer walk and the Holy Spirit stir you up. So I want to encourage you in that this morning. This morning we're starting a new series called Inside Out. And uh, it is based on the book by Bill Hybels, uh, Who You Are When No One Is Looking. And I'll tell you a quick little funny story. We were talking about this in our pastor's meeting. And I said, um, I made a mistake. I said, you know, uh, we're doing that book, Who You Are When No One's Listening. <laughs> and uh, everyone laughed at me. And I was like, I'm happy. I'm secure in myself. But... Uh, <laughs> But here's the thing is, <laughs> who you are when no one's looking is also a direct response to how you respond when no one's listening. Uh, you flippin' idiots, no one listens to me. I told you so. Maybe, I, I was just an example. That's not how I react. <laughs> as an example. But, uh, but you know, this, this morning we're starting this series of Inside Out and on the book, Who You Are When No One Is Looking. And it really is, you know, even sometimes that is not who we truly are. But who we truly are is who, we are, who, who God has called us to be. But who we are also is who we are when no one's looking. And what God has called us to be and then our reality of who we are when no one is looking, is that's where we need the glorious Holy Spirit to come and do stuff in our life. And we can shift to become all that we are on who, who we are in God's eyes. Amen. I'm excited about that because I, I love the transformational work and He's still got a whole lot to do in me. But I've seen a change in me. Um, over the many years, I've been married to this amazing lady down the front for 18 years, just last uh, February the 20th. And, uh, and I, she will testify that I have changed over the last, is that right? Of course it's right. February the 20th, 1999, last century. Anyway, uh, 
or decade, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but she will testify on how much I have changed, uh, and and she will also testify of how much more I need to change. But uh, but I'm happy in that because change is happening. I want you to be encouraged today that change can happen in you in a good way. A lot of the times we think of change and we we get all tight and we we freeze up a little bit and all change. Oh, no one likes change. But uh, when we're changing to become more and more Christ-like, it's a good change. But the hard thing about it is it's, it is difficult because it means that we have to address areas of our life. Ouch. Uh, suddenly we're, we're, we're working on different stuff and, and, our, and our responses uh, become a little bit more God-like and a little bit more me-like. Uh, who would like their response to situations when things go wrong to be a little bit more godlike than a little bit more you like? <laughs> Amen. When you get under the pressure cooker, ah, and all sorts of Christian swear words come out, and secular swear words come out, and different things, and how you deal with pressure or hurts or disappointments. Uh, you know, it's, uh, who we are when no one's looking is about journeying to be more and more like Christ-like. Are we ever going to get there? Probably not. But God loves the journey with you. and Because we're never going to uh, uh, get to perfection, but the journey with walking with Christ is none, nothing can beat it. And so I want to encourage you this morning. The, 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 the series is going to go on, and um, this morning we're talking about courage, and then, uh, uh, then there's discipline, there's vision and endurance. And so we've, we're actually doing two, two of them in the next two weeks. We've got a break for two weeks, and then we're doing the following two the next two weeks. So over six weeks, we'll get there. In the middle, we've got the amazing Pastor Esther Elliott here on the Sunday and also the amazing Pastor Steve Graham as well. And so um, we took their availability and so that's how we're breaking it up, but it's going to be good. Cool? Awesome. I want to encourage you, find the book, Who You Are When No One's Listening, uh, Looking, Looking. <laughs> I wrote the one by listening. You'll find that on Kindle, deep, deep. You have to search for a long time. Um, uh, but if you find the one, Who You Are When No One Is Looking, just read that one. It'll help you out a whole lot more. All right. All right. So go to Kindle, or I think have we got some? We've got some available here at the resource area. Great to underline words, take it to your e group, um, just follow through what's going on. Cool, awesome. I love this topic, courage. In fact, if I was thinking about it, this is probably my favorite topic because my favorite scripture in the Bible is Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25, where it says, let us not neglect our meeting together, but to spur one another on and to encourage one another as we see the day of the Lord approaching. I, 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 don't, I, I just love the word encourage because we need in this life, we need a whole lot of courage. I want you to be the most courageous person out there. And so this topic is, man, I'm just, I'm excited about it this morning. I want you to leave this place pumped up and encouraged in God this morning and knowing who you are in, in Jesus this morning. And you know, you can tap into the courage of God. Amen. We can, we can ask for courage. I want to ask for courage this morning because I need courage. I need courage. Who likes public speaking? 
Awesome. All right, I'm just going to look around for someone who didn't put their hand up, and you're going to, I'm going to choose you, and you're going to preach for the next five minutes. Okay, who's looking? Who's looking? All right, who's sweating now? <laughs> who, who's like, oh my gosh, is he really going to do this? Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Everyone's, ah. But a lot of us don't like public speaking. In fact, I hate, or I don't hate, as hate's a strong word, apparently, you tell that to kids. Right. But I used to really dislike public speaking, and even now, uh, I'll, I'll, I like, the only thing I really like doing is preaching. I don't like preaching, I don't like speaking in public if it's got nothing to do with God. Because uh, that's where the grace and that's where I get the courage from God to do about. But I don't like public speaking. But every time I get to this, this point where I'm like, okay, God, you want to use me? I've got to step in to courage. I've got to find God in this. And so this courage comes in many shapes, forms. And, and it really is this whole book, this series, Inside Out, uh, is, is working on one particular area of our life, which is called our character. Everyone say amen to character. Uh, we like our character. And let's actually, let's go to the first scripture that I've got this morning. Philippians chapter 1 verse 11 says this, May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. Uh, when... <laughs> When it says we mean be fruit filled with the fruit of a righteous character, uh, man, uh, there's 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 areas in my life that I've had to get rid of some rotten fruit in my character, the fruit bowl of my character. Uh, there's a stinky banana rotting along. It's like, oh, that that I got to deal with that. Uh, it's, you know, nothing like a rotten banana. It's just foul. You know, it's gross. And oh, and then and then I, I reckon you know some of us have got tomatoes in our character. Tomatoes are like that undercover. Uh, rotten fruit that can appear really good on the outside, but if you pick it up because of what it's been sitting on, uh, it looked good at the top, but underneath it's just it just falls apart when you pull it up. This has never happened at our house. Our house is very clean. I have got no idea where I got this example from. <laughs> but we got we have stuff in our character that on the outside looks real good. So pretty much like a banana, right? You can, you know, there's a few little spots and all that. But man, once that color of that skin goes, you just don't even bother opening it up. Just throw that thing out. All right, another one, avocados. Avocados are the most silent assassin when it comes to rotten, <laughs> rotten things in your life, in, the, in, the, in an avocado. Looks real good on the outside, right color. Even can you give it a squeeze. Who's a squeezer at the at the, at the supermarket? Well, stop it! <laughs> You're ruining all the fruit. But oh, there we go, fruit, vegetable, whatever. Right. But you know what? We have these avocado. Just looks good on the outside, but you open it up and it's brown. It's like, Ugh. but. May we all may you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Christ Jesus, 
Hey, uh, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. I want to encourage you this, this, this morning, over the next four weeks or six weeks with the gap, um, let's open up our heart to deal with a little, little character issues in our life. Amen. And one of the, the issues that we're going to press into is courage. We're going to press into discipline. We're going to press into vision. And we're going to press into endurance. Cool? All right. Uh, let's keep going. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. 15, 33. All right, there we go. I'll read 33. That's 35. Don't be fooled by the way. Um, well, sorry, but don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Mm. I pray that you're going to have to give up some of your friendships. The ones that are going to corrupt your character. That sounds really harsh. It's like, well, but I'm, I'm for you and I want you to develop and I want you to move forward. But some of us will have to give up some friendships. The Bible tells us not to hang out with those that will pull us back. And, and, and so this, like, let's, let's have, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Don't be fooled by people around you telling you to do this. Oh, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And it's not that we live a perfect life and, and we have to obey all these rules. No, we're, we're, we're obeying the call of God in our life and we want to live in the slipstream of Jesus Christ. And so if you hang around with people who are taking you out of that slipstream of Jesus Christ, we're gonna, I, I would say, come on, leave. They'll leave those people behind. Let them go. They're not going to be there to encourage you. They're going to be there to discourage you and take you away from the call of God on your life. I love this scripture because uh, uh, it brings understanding to me in Psalm 105 verse 19 because I just think Joseph is the greatest character in the Bible X, apart from obviously Jesus. And, uh, and the story of Joseph is in Genesis, you read through it and you don't really pick up anything at all about, uh, about him grizzling or whinging or moaning. But it says in this character, uh, sorry, in the scripture, until the time came to fulfill his dreams, the Lord tested Joseph's character. Something was needed to be done in Joseph. And, and so until the time came, the Lord tested his character. Our character will be tested because uh, when, we, when we work through stuff and when we let God deal with stuff in our lives, what are we going to do? Our, char our character will produce fruit that will bring praise and glory to God. Amen? Awesome. So let's keep moving on. See... I like the, the fact that, you know, our anointing and our gifts that God has given us will take us places, but our character will hold us there. There's a very similar saying by someone famous, but I'd forgotten it. But it's the same sort of principle. Our gift and our grace and our anointing will get us places, but our character is what holds us here. Joseph had a good character. Joseph was gifted. Joseph was anointed. And when it, the time came... When the time came, God elevated Joseph and he became second in charge in all of Egypt. Uh, character shows off who we are. 
Praise the Lord for this right now. Uh, how do you respond? How do you react? How do you care for people? Uh, you know, as, as I started off earlier, what happens when it all goes wrong? will show what your character is like. Well, I like Paul and Silas. It was all going wrong. They were all in, pri- they were in prison. They were, nothing was going right. But then suddenly their character and who they were, men of God, they just said, you know what, what we're going to do? We're just going to praise Jesus. We're just going to worship the Lord. And at midnight, the, 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 the jail doors opened and they were free. Miracle. Why? Because their character held them to the confidence that they had in who they are in Jesus Christ. And it brought a miracle into their life. I want to encourage you this morning. Your character is going to be something that that brings miracles into people's lives. Because not only they got set free, but the jailer got set free. Amen. I think this is awesome. So this morning, wherever you are, there you are. And your character is going to sustain and bring glory to Jesus. Amen. Or you can you can agree this morning. Um, let's go into this scripture in First Chronicles chapter twenty-eight, verses nine to ten. And this is King David talking to his son, a dad talking to his son. Something I desire to do well. Something I'm asking the Lord to help me have good character and to help me have good courage in is to be a good dad. But here's a dad talking to a son in First Chronicles chapter 28, verses 9 to 10. It says this, And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve Him with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So take this seriously. The Lord has chosen you to build a temple as a sanctuary. He says this, be strong and do the work. And if you drop down and it will come up. But in verse 20, it says, Then David continued, be strong and courageous and do the work. Don't be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord God, my God, is with you. He will not fail you nor or, or forsake you. He will see it that all the work related to the temple of the Lord is finished correctly. Kind of as a father talking to a son, as a if I can say as a as a pastor, as a friend, as a encourager talking to you this morning. Don't be afraid to know the Lord intimately, to seek Him and go, God, today I, I've got to I've, I've got to work on this area. I need your help. I need your help. And 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 just David, King David knows from experience of living his his life how he's had courage in areas of his life, but then he's lost courage. 
But then you, we, we see again in Psalm 51 how he asks, he comes to the Lord, create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. This morning we can come to God and say, Lord, renew a right spirit in us. Lord, I need courage in this. You know what? I can be the best this in, in my family. I can be the best husband. I can be the best wife. I can be the best worker. I can be the best friend to this people. I do have the wisdom. I do have the the courage to speak into people's lives. I can host an e-group this year because I'm going to trust God. I'm going to put courage into my life. You can get a little bit more excited if you want. I know it's a 9 a.m. service, but we're alive in Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Be strong and courageous. See, we all read that scripture in Joshua. Because that's where it's famous for. Be strong and courageous. Because he he was he had to he heard it three times. Moses speaking to Joshua. But again, we've got a king da- king dad a David talking to Solomon. If people are saying it around, do you reckon we need to listen to it? Come on, I want you to know. Be strong and courageous. You're you're not just average Joe. Who's seen Dodgeball, the movie? All right, move on. There's about four people. But Average Joe well, was this gym that was just average. They just didn't think much about themselves. And there was, there was this another gym on the other, other side who they just thought everything about themselves and they were all pumped up and all this. But in the end, Average Joe, they, they got something in their spirit and they ended up winning the dodgeball competition. It's a great, great movie. I mean, if you've got an hour and a half to waste of your life, go and watch it. But um, it's cool to just sit back, relax, and it's a bit, of, it's a bit funny. But, uh, man, do we just think we're average Joe? I don't want you to think you're average Joe. I don't, oh, 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 my time's, oh, I've missed, missed the boat. No, you haven't missed the boat. Just grab courage this morning. All right, better keep going. What time do we finish? I passed. All these time changes confuses me. I should know about them. <laughs> what about Psalm 94 verse 19? Did I give you guys that one? Hopefully. There we go. This is our biggest problem. When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. Do you know that courage or the Greek word courage is, to, is actually to be cheerful? And when we read this scripture, it says, When doubts filled my mind, your comfort gave me renewed hope and cheer. I want you to be cheerful this morning. To go, you know what? I can do this. I can work on these areas of my life. I can have a good character, be of good character this morning. Let's be of good cheer. Let's, uh, let them, I just, it just bothers me a lot. I don't want to say any nasty words. But I, I just dislike it so much when the devil tells you you can't do something. He just says, oh, no, you, you can't do that. Oh, why, why would you want to lead an e-group? You don't know the Bible. It's like, well, I've got one. Can you open the pages? I'll just show you how hard. 
Wow. Can you just read a little bit? Do you know what the most opened page in my Bible is? The concordance. Because I, I use the Bible as a, an, an instruction book. I read it for the things, but then when I want to know about love or I want to know about pain or I want to know about uh, forgiveness, I go to the back and I look at this word called forgiveness and it gives me lots of scriptures that have forgiveness in them. I'm like, well, okay, let's go and look up them and I figured out that the Bible's broken up into books of the Bible and, and I go from there. But the devil will say, oh, no, you're not good enough. Well, you can't do that. How, you can do it. You, you can do it. Because greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. And when it comes to courage, we've got to know that we can have courage. Let's move on because we'll run out of time. Um, see, the opposite of courage is fear. If you don't have courage, you're fearful. Um, when, when you're going into something well, and you're fearful, you've got to go, well, why am I fearful? Why don't I have courage? There's some great quotes out there. I like Braveheart. Everyone knows this. But William Wallace is talking to uh, Robert the Bruce after they've just won the first battle. And he's talking about uniting the clans and stuff like that. But he says, men don't follow titles. They follow courage. Let's follow courage. Winston Churchill, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. Oh, when we react, it's, no, I'm going to have courage today. Courage in who I am. Courage in who God has called me to be. Uh, here's another quote. One of the happiest moments in life is when you find the courage to let go of what you can't change. If you can't change something, get the courage to move on and, and go through from it. Here's another quote. You can choose courage. You can choose comfort. But you can't choose them both. Who likes that one? It's going to get uncomfortable sometimes. Oh, I've got to deal with some of this stuff in my life. I, I've got to work through some of this stuff in uh in Matthew chapter 14, verses 27, is the whole story of, of Jesus walking on water. And uh, they come to, you know, the disciples there, it's rough and it's crazy and everything's going on and the situation's out of control. Have you ever been in situations that you've not been in control of? But then Jesus comes along and there's this conversation, Lord, is it you? They think he's a ghost, but Lord, if it's you, and Peter's having this conversation, Lord, if, if it's you, jump out of the boat and all that. But he says this, Jesus says this, he says, take courage, I am here. I, I believe as a church, as an individual this morning, you have the access and you have the unlimited courage of God for you in your life. Because Jesus is giving it. He's handing out. He's saying, you know what? Take courage. If you're feeling empty of courage this morning, I want you to know you can take courage. 
you can go to God and say, God, I need courage. I need courage to do this. I remember a time when one of our kids, I can't remember which one, it's all a blur now. But one of them wasn't sleeping. And it was night after, I think it was Oliver. He sleeps, he's the best sleeper now. Maybe that's because he's, you know, he's anointed to sleep, praise the Lord. But I remember he wasn't sleeping and at 2 a.m. in the morning, I hadn't slept and and for one reason or another, we were using the driving technique. And there's a loop in Masterton, which is the loop line out the back. And there's only about four people in this room that know what I'm talking about. But I'm driving around this loop line. My amazing son is trying to sleep, not asleep. It's just horrible. <laughs> Anyone relating with me right now? Just you know, maybe it's been and gone, but I'm like there. I'm, I'm driving. I'm trying to stay stable in my own emotional environment, not to crash. Or, but I remember, Lord, with tears streaming down my face, going, Lord, I can't do this. I need you in this. I need you in this. And I just cried out to God, God, I need you in this. And I'm just thinking now, that's why he's our best sleeper. Might have taken a few years. No, no. <laughs> no but, but seriously, we, we, uh, we were praying for some other stuff as well. And we had answers to prayer really quickly, really quickly after that moment because I cried out to God. Said, Lord, I can't do this. But let's move on to Second Peter chapter two, verse nineteen to twenty-two. I hope I gave that to you guys. Here we go. They promise freedom, but they themselves are slaves of sin and corruptions. For you are a slave to whatever controls you. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness than to know it and then, and then reject the command. They were given to live a holy life. They proved the truth of this proverb. Um, a dog returns to its vomit, and another says, uh, another proverb says, a washed pig returns to the mud. Isn't that a delicious uh, image right now? But here's the thing with the scripture we've been led into a place of righteousness. And we've accepted the grace and glory, glory, glorious love of God. But then we continue doing the things and stepping into the same sin that God has called, has called us out of. And this scripture says it would be better off that we would, had never found righteousness. And so when it comes to courage in our life, we need to get courage to identify and, and run to God on areas that are overcoming us right now. 
that we've had redemption in of sin, but we're still running into those same places and we're not getting any further on in life. It's, a, it's like there's a, a weight holding us down. In fact, this scripture says it's better off that we'd never found righteousness in the first place. And so as Christians, come on, I want to encourage you this morning. Don't keep running back into the same traps the devil keeps setting for you, but have courage to address some of the areas of your life. You can go, oh, well, that's me. This is who I am. I can't win this victory. Well, you're abdicating your, your responsibility to, and, and you're, you're nullifying the very blood of Jesus Christ on your life. The, the, what Jesus has done for you and what he's done for me this morning, there should be a conviction in our heart and, and a love for Christ that goes, you know what, I need to deal with these areas in my life. I can give this to God. He loves me so much. If you're just accepting where you are and what sin areas that you have in your life, I want to encourage you this morning, take courage and run to Jesus. Because when we take courage and run to Jesus, what happens? The very story with Jesus and and the disciples, it says that Jesus got in the boat. Jesus wants to get in your life this morning. He wants to take you from that place of that it's just stormy and it's crazy. And everything, life's just going round and round in circles again to a point where he gets into the boat. And as soon as he gets into the boat, it says that calmness came. The storm calmed. I'm not saying the storms won't come again. But when you've got Jesus in your boat, you can immediately run to Him again. Like there's another example of Jesus sailing across uh, the Lake of Galilee. And, and it says He was downstairs sleeping. I want you to know this morning you've got Jesus sleeping in your life. I want you to know that you've got Him in your boat. And that whenever a storm comes along, you can go, hey, I need you. Wake up. I'm getting excited this morning. <laughs> I need to write these down because this is nothing nothing in my notes. This is the next service. I've got to do it again. But I want you to know this morning, when you ask and you've got courage and you ask Him to get in your boat, He's going to be there. And when a storm comes, you'll be able to get up and say, Lord, I need you in this. I need you in this. All right. Let's, let's. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It's a well, well-known scripture. I say well-known. It's only because I repeat it all the time. And if you've been in church a little while, verses 5 to 7. I remember your genuine faith. This is Paul talking to Timothy. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gifts God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. This scripture is, is a founding scripture in, in our family. This is what we lead our kids through. This is how we teach them to go through different stuff. This is how we say, hey, come on, call on God because He's not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I'm sharing this again this morning because we all come against fear. 
Because I said what, what, before, is courage uh, is the opposite to fear, or fear is the opposite to courage. If you're fearful of something, you need courage in an area. And so there's, uh, there's going to be, if Paul was talking to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear and timidity. There's going to be times in your life that you're going to come up against fear and timidity, but we've got to have courage to go, you know what? He's given me a spirit. Uh, I've got to say it in the row, otherwise I can't. It's just talk amongst yourselves. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. God has given you a spirit of a power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to know that. This, take courage. He's here with you. If I can get the, the, uh, the music team, that would be great. But where is, where is the fear right now? It was a great fear that I've had to get over in my life. One of my biggest fears was fear of failing. And I reckon if I've had to get over it, probably some of you have had to get over it as well or need to get over it. Fear of failing. You don't even step out. You won't even give something a go because you're fearful of failing. That's such a tragedy. You think so less of yourself that you're doing it in your strength and you're not doing it in God's strength. I want to say this morning, don't be, don't be fearful of failing. I'm a... I've got testimonies after testimonies of failing. I've got testimonies after testimonies of how God has done miracles through the failures. Through the failures. Because in our weakest, He's the strongest. I can't even remember. It was called School C. Most of you know this. I, I didn't get a... I think you combine all of my exam results together and I wouldn't have got 50%. It wasn't, I just, school wasn't for me. And I've, I've shared this a number of times, but then God says, I want you to go to Bible college. Fear. Fear just gripped me and I was like, oh, I can't do this. And I just had to step out and do it. And God had placed the right people next to me. God had encouraged me. And I stepped out and I did Bible college and I passed Bible college. But there was a fear there. And I had to run to God and I said, God, show me how to do this. I don't know how to do this. Give me the, give me the ability to do this. Do you know how much reading there was at Bible college? Audible Bible wasn't on back then. Oh, yes, it was. I'm not that old. There was so much reading. I struggle with reading. It's not a, it's not a strength. It's not how God's wired me. I can read, but, but there was a fear there. I've shared this before. I didn't know it, but it was a fear to be a, be a dad. 
because I don't know how to be a dad. I don't have, I didn't have anyone godly in my life teaching me how to be a dad or teaching me how to even be a kid, let alone an example to be a dad. And now I'm like, I'm freaking out because I react. I'll respond, but is that a character that God has for me? I want my character to be something that my kids will run to and would look up to. But there's a fear there. Different struggles that I've gone through. Timidity. I'm one of those people that when it comes to meetings and strategies, I do a lot of thinking in my head. But I meet with a whole lot of guys who just can respond just like this. They talk and they're comfortable and because I'm like going, oh, what have I got good to say? I haven't got anything good to say. I'm just going to keep my nose down. I'm just going to keep doing what God's calling me to do. But suddenly people start asking me questions. How, how are you doing that? What are you doing? We've noticed that the church is going well. The church is going good. And I've had to break off some of this timidity and start speaking up in different situations. But they're real things. There's fear and timidity are real things. And these are just some of my areas that I'm, I'm sharing this morning because if, if I can encourage you this morning, then the fruit of our righteousness will bring glory and praise to the Lord. When it comes to my life, oh, this is a book. I'm like, I just had a thought in my head, don't show this book because it's got my messy handwriting. But for the illustration, is like, when it comes to my life, I'll be an open book. Why? Because of anything I've done or anything I've gone through to encourage you, to spur you on towards the love and good deeds that God has got for you and got for this city, I'll share. I'll tell you. I'll tell you some of, my, some of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. Why? Because I want to encourage you. But here's the thing I've learned. My encouragement is probably 1% of what the Lord Jesus can do for you when you run to Him. He'll do 100% more encouraging because when something gets into your spirit, something gets into your heart and says, you know what? God hasn't given me a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Then nothing will stop you changing your world. Nothing at all nothing at all. And so I want to encourage you this morning to open up your heart and run to Jesus. Just run to God. He's the only one that can release something in your spirit that says, you know what, I can do this. I can go again. I, I, I am, you know. Oh, I want to say, I, I love, I love church. You are all church. I don't care whether you're one or a hundred. If you're a hundred and one, that's awesome. 
It's amazing. You, you will call you a Dalmatian. I got no idea why I just said that, but anyway. Lighten, we needed to lighten the mood. But. See, there was something God said to me about six weeks, eight weeks ago. He said this, stop labeling people. I'm like, what do you mean stop labeling people? He says, you talk about the older generation. He says, you talk about the young adults. You talk about youth. You talk about families. Because I want you to stop it. I'm like, okay. He goes, I want you to start talking about church. Why am I saying that? Is because the church is who Jesus is going to use to bring glory to not young adults. They'll they'll get used because they're part of the church. Not youth, but they'll they'll be used. I'm talking about everyone. Here's the great thing. As you're breathing, you're part of the church. God's got a call on your life. If you're breathing, you need to take courage. Jesus is here. Oh, I'm at retiring age. Well, apparently, what's his name? He's going to lift it anyway. So, hey, so what? You're not retired until you're in a box or a jar or a vase. Or... We need to sing this song, don't we? We'll put the second service podcast up. Yeah. I want to. I want to stir a church. Every single one of us. Every single one of us can take courage. Every single one of us can step and breathe, bring things to God that He. If you want, if you need to run to Him, run to Him. If you need a hand Thank over something to, to Jesus, hand over church something to Him. There's nothing like calling on the name of the Lord.